Revelation 2.11 Ministries. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, episode 16. I'm your host, Travis. And God created everything. Everything. In the beginning, God created everything. On the first day, God created light to separate from darkness. And on the second day, he created an atmosphere around the planet. On the third day, he separated water and created dry land so that he can create the plants and the vegetations and all the trees that would grow on the dry land. On the fourth day, he created the sun and the moon and all the stars and everything out in outer space. On the fifth day, he created all the birds that would fly in the air and all the sea creatures and the fish and everything that would roam in the waters and the seas. And then on the day six, he created all the animals on the land, all the creatures that would roam about on the land, and then afterwards created mankind. And on the seventh day, he then rested. So on the first seven days, first six days, he created everything. On the seventh day, he rested. And you can find that account, obviously, in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1. If you go to verse 26, you can see when he created man, which is what I'm going to focus on. Uh, Genesis 1, 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl in the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in which it is the fruit of, of tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And every beast on the earth, and every fowl in the air, and everything that creepeth upon the earth, Wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, and there was the sixth day. So you can see that um, God created first everything else, and then he finished by creating uh, mankind. He, uh, uh, and then he gave them dominion. Uh, mankind dominion over everything he created there on the earth. All the creatures in the water all the plants, all the creatures on land. Um, and some people get confused by Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 because it seems like God created mankind. And then in Genesis 2, he creates mankind again. Uh, so it looks like he created them twice. But that's not what's happening. If you know how to read your Bible, what's happening is there's an overview of the first seven days. Uh, and then on chapter 2, they're zooming in on uh, the, the sixth day when mankind was created. And so we get to see a more detailed account there, which you can see at Genesis 2, uh, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward of Eden, and he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight of, and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So it's kind of interesting to stop right there, but he's like, there's a, a tree, two trees in the midst. There's the tree of life in, in the midst, and also the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Skipping down to verse 15, 
Uh, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and he brought them to Adam, unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever so Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and all the fowls of the air and every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of, out one of his ribs and closed up the flesh inside thereof. And the rib which the Lord had God has taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and there shall be one flesh. And they were both naked and the man and his wife were not ashamed. So you see that Adam was made to have authority over the land, over the creatures of the land. Uh, that is the purpose that God originally created Adam for was to have authority over the land, over the animals, to oversee them. You know, and you think of careers like that, like uh, a shepherd or a gardener or a farmer, someone who oversees the crops of the land or oversees um, the types of animals that are, are out there. And you, you would see that that's what they dedicate their time is to oversee the God's creation, his animals, his, his, uh, and all types of vegetation and plants and trees. And you see that uh, God saw it wasn't good for Adam to be alone, and he brought him all the animals that were out there on the land, and, and God was giving him a job to name the animals. And whatever the, the name that Adam gave the animals was the name for the animal, because he gave him authority to, to name the animals. Uh, and after bringing all these animals to him, he saw that... And none were a good helpmeet, as the Bible says, a helper or uh, someone that, that can uh, be alongside him. And that's why he creates a wife for him, puts him to sleep and makes his wife out of him from his rib and gives him a wife to help him along and be there with him. And for that cause, a man shall leave his mother and cling to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. And so that's the picture we have in the beginning that God has created man to reign over the everything there and God to reign with them and over mankind, right? And that's kind of what you see at the end of the Bible in Revelations when he has uh, everything's, you know, a thousand years peace and everything's happening at the ending and then you get dominion. There, you're supposed to have be, be able to rule with Christ. You see that in Revelations chapter 20, sorry, at verse 4. And I saw the thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded as a witness for Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that takes has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him for a thousand years. 
So you can see there, it tells you that thousand years of peace where Jesus is reigning, the, the, that there's going to be a time where he has humans under him reigning with him in that time and overseeing. And it's just like how he had it with Adam and Eve in the beginning in Genesis where he was walking with them and they had dominion and were ruling over and he was walking with them and, and being with them in the midst. And if you continued on in Revelations chapter 21 starting at verse 1 says and i saw a new heaven and new earth and the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there were no more sea and i john saw the holy city new jerusalem coming down from uh, god and out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned up for her husband and i heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of god is with men and he dwelleth with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. And he that has sat upon the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these things, these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that that is a thirst of the fountain of the waters of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. So you can see at the end of the Bible, he's, uh, there's t fellowshipping with God again. And that's the that's the... The covers there of the Bible, you know, the beginning, God is walking with mankind, he's talking with man, he's dwelling with man, he's uh, in communion, in peace, and everything's great and fine. And then sin happens, then separation happens. And from Genesis 3 all the way to the end, there's separation. And the thing that reconciles us back is Christ. Christ is what gives us a, a access to get back to the Father, access to get back to God. And he's the one who bridges that gap uh, back to the Father, back to God, communion and uh, fellowship with the Father that we lost at the beginning of Genesis because of sin entering the world. And so that's kind of interesting because you can see that's that's what it was all about. And that's what it's always that's what it's gonna be about down the road. You know, it's about fellowshipping with God, connecting with God, being with God. And I think that's a very important thing to focus on is look, that's what everything is is about. It's about connecting and fellowshipping with God. You know, and we have opportunity because uh because of Jesus and what he did to uh, reconcile us back to the Father, we have opportunity says it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed uh, unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as through God did beseech you 
by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. And so you can see that that's Second uh, Corinthians, Apostle Paul uh, speaking to the church of Corinth, saying, hey, we, God has reconciled us back by, through Christ, through Jesus sacrifice we were able to reconnect reconcile back to to the father and that's what he's talking about by reconciling back from what happened in genesis where we're able to reconcile we're able to reconnect back to the father we're able to fellowship with the father we're able to commune with the father we're able to speak and hear from the father we're able to connect to the father you know and so that's that's what it's all about is fellowshipping with god connecting back with god and that's what Christ did for us. He bridged the gap. So we're able to reconnect. So if you have Jesus, then you now have ability to reconnect to God. If you have the Holy Spirit, you're able to reconnect to God. If you have forgiveness and repentance, you have a way to reconnect to God because you have it through Christ Jesus. You have an ability to reconnect to the Father, reconnect to God, who wants to dwell with us, who wants to commune with us, who wants to speak with us, who wants to fellowship with us. So going back to Genesis and seeing what happened in chapter 3. Now the serpent who was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, and your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for fruit, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree is to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and also gave unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And when the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God had called unto Adam, and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, which I commanded thee that thou should not eat? So we see that the serpent had spoken to Eve, uh, spoken to Adam's wife about the tree. And did God say to do this? Is, it, is that what God said? Is, is that so, that you can't eat of this? Or And she said, Yeah, we can eat from everything, just not the one in the midst, because... God said, if we eat of that, we should not even touch it, lest we die. So what did the tree do? The tree gave them, as it's called, knowledge of good and evil. The tree gave them knowledge of good and evil. So it is as soon as they ate of it, they realized they were naked. They felt ashamed. They felt, they seen that perhaps they should cover up their nakedness. And so they did it. So they were basically innocent. They didn't know right from wrong. And they had no reason to know right from wrong, but the tree gave them the knowledge of good and evil. It gave them a, a, an ability to 
understand that some things are bad and some things are good, that some things should be done a certain way. And so when they took a bite of the fruit, they then understood the knowledge of good and evil. They understood the difference between right and wrong. And because now they understand the difference between right and wrong, it makes them now accountable for uh, if they do something wrong, if they do something sinful. Just like uh, if a baby accidentally grabbed someone's beard and pulled it, you know, and then you can say, oh, well, you know, that would be wrong to pull someone's beard, but a child doesn't know the difference. So it doesn't, uh, it's innocent when, when it does it. But if it was a, a 10, 15, 20-year-old person that does the same thing, you would say you should know the difference from right from wrong. Now you need to be held accountable for your actions, you know. And so that's the, that's the difference. They, they didn't know any better. They were innocent. But when they ate of the fruit, they then knew right from wrong. And so the first thing I bet they realized was that they shouldn't have eaten of the fruit because they disobeyed God. So they probably felt wrong for that right away. So the first sin that was committed was disobedience to God, was not following his directions. And because the, the, the only thing that they weren't allowed to do was to eat of that fruit was because that's what it did was give them understanding. So, so anything else they did in their life or any other fruit they ate, there was nothing wrong. There was no other commandments. There was no other directions really that we see in the scriptures that tells them that they can't do this or shouldn't do that or uh, there was nothing leading them anywhere because they were completely innocent because they lacked knowledge they lacked understanding and things so when they did things even if it was considered a bad thing i guess they wouldn't have uh, been held accountable but because they now have knowledge it is now they're now held accountable you could see in the book of romans chapter 2 starting at verse 11 uh, they, the Bible says, For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles have that not the law, but by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are the law unto themselves which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. So you can see he says that the the law is written on the hearts. You know, people should know basic things. They should know that it's wrong to uh, take someone's life. Uh, They should know that it's wrong to lie or to steal or to do certain acts, they should. it just should be written on their heart that even if they don't know God and they don't know the Bible, there should be a, a conscience in them that tells them otherwise. It should bear witness. They should feel guilt for wrongdoings. And that can be a sign unto us that if we're not sure if something's a sin, but we feel guilty for it, then it could be something that we need to, to you know, reconsider doing, if, especially if our conscience are bearing witness to us that, that we shouldn't be acting that way. We shouldn't say that thing. We shouldn't do that thing. So after God uh, calls out for Adam and uh, asks him where he is and what's going on and did you eat of the tree that I told you not to do, uh, Adam accuses his wife. His wife accuses the serpent. Then uh, God gives punishment to the serpent, punishment to the wife, punishment to Adam. There's a price to pay for their disobedience, price to pay for the sin. And then uh, picking up at verse 20, it says, And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all the living. And unto Adam also, 
and his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and to eat and to live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth and from the garden of Eden uh, to till the ground from whence he was taken. And so he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the, uh, of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So something interesting happens there. You see that God says that uh, he they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but he said uh, we have to get them out of the garden, lest they take hold of the tree of life and eat of that fruit and live forever. So back in Genesis 2, you can see what it says in the midst of the garden. Uh, it tells us that there was both those trees. It says... Um, and, and verse 9, uh, Genesis 2, verse 9, And out of the ground made the Lord God, he grew every tree that is pleasant in sight and good for food, and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge and good and evil. So the, both trees were in the midst of the garden. Now here's the interesting thing. He doesn't say, uh, he doesn't give directions for them not to eat of the tree of life. He just tells them not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So you see in uh, Genesis 2, verse 17, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And then again in Genesis 3, when the serpents asked him the question, she, and, and the woman said unto the serpent in verse 2, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God says you shall not eat need of it, neither thou shalt touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said to the woman, Thou shalt surely not, not surely die. For the God knows that when the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will also be like God's knowing good and evil. And you can see that Eve says the tree's in the midst, so maybe you'll assume that's both. But, but uh, the the serpent says, hey, that uh, you'll just you won't die. You'll just have knowledge of good and evil. And you can see that God said when uh, when you eat, when the, if they would eat of the tree of life, that they would they would never die. They would live forever. And so. I don't think God would lie and say, hey, don't eat from the tree of life and you would surely die because it, it's supposed to give them life forever. So when he said that to eat, if you shouldn't eat from this tree and you'll surely die, he was talking about the knowledge of good and evil. And I think, honestly, the, the death he's talking about wasn't necessarily a physical death, um, but I think it was more, uh, even though it may also be a physical death, I think it was more separation. You know, because a uh, hellfire is, you know, sep is eternal separation from God. That's one of the, the worst things. It's like a permanent separation from God. So the, that's one of the reasons, it's, you know, it's all it's kind of all about walking with God or not walking with God. You know, that's what heaven is, you know, is being connected and being with God. And hell is separation from God. And so that's what we're walking in our life. So they were walking with with God in the Garden of Eden and because of sin, they had become separated. And because of Christ Jesus, we can be reconciled and reconnected. And in the end times in Revelation, we will be uh, able to reign and be reconnected, reconciled, brought back with the Father being able to uh, fellowship, to commune in the midst of him. And so that's kind of what it's all about. If you if you wanted a, a quick overview of the Bible, it's, it's a story of man falling away 
and Christ uh, Jesus uh, bringing us back to reconcile with with God and to then be with God and so you got to think about that how does that work in a Christian walk how does that work in your perspective are you trying to connect God are you trying to walk with God are you trying to talk with God are you trying to hear from God are you trying to fellowship with God because that's that's what it's all about you know you can't really say that you're a Christian and not really want to connect with God. You can't really say you're a Christian and not want to follow God or connect with God because that's what it's all about. That's what it's always been about. That's why God created it the way he did is so that we could be with him, work with him, talk with him, and connect with him. And then there was a great loss when sin entered the world. And then, of course, throughout the scriptures, we can see people reconnecting to God, trusting in God, leaning on God, hearing from God, doing the things of God, showing the power of God. And all of this was to bring glory to God so that we would want to be with God, so that we would want to seek out God, so we would want to draw near to God, so that we would want to be close to him and have a desire to walk with him. And that's what it's all about, is being with God. He, he created us to be with him and to walk with him and to talk with him and we in this day at this time have opportunity to do so you know that's uh you know people who who want to be a christian and you know they don't they don't want to worship god they don't want to pray they don't want to read the word and it's like that's that's what the whole point is you know you're missing the whole point you're missing the whole boat they're they're wanting to to stay away from hellfire which I mean, I can't blame anyone for wanting to stay away from that, but that's eternal damnation and separation from God. And so if you do you want to be with God or you just want to be away from hellfire, because that's not he doesn't call you to to come live, live in like an outhouse in his kingdom. He's not calling you to go live in a doghouse at his kingdom. He wants you to be with him in his house, his mansion, his 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 kingdom his whatever you want to call it you he wants you to be in in connection with him he doesn't want you to be outside the pearly gates if you will you know that's not what he's calling you to be like to escape hell and go 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 sit in this one little corner or something what he's calling you to be as a part of the family he says that he you can call him a father and he'll call you sons and daughters that you can have access to him that you can be connected to him that you can spend time with him that you can get to know him and you know and that's 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 what it's all about that's honestly what it's what it's all about and i don't know if a lot of people actually understand that or see that and all i'm doing is reading the first couple of chapters of the of the bible and the last couple of chapters of the bible and it's pretty clear it's that's what that's what god built humans for that's what he designed us to be was worshipers to be in communion with him to walk with him and that's what he wants in the ending in the end times and after after the world has passed away and new jerusalem and new earth comes that's what he wants he wants to walk and talk and commune and guess what we have that ability right now right now today at this moment you know as you're listening to the podcast you have time to talk to god you have time to pray and reach out to god you have the ability to seek after him and to hear from him and to see him it's not about being religious and looking a certain part or acting a certain part or pretending to be a certain way or pretending to talk a certain way or pretending to look a certain way to certain people that's not what it's about it's not a show it's not a costume it's not a design it's about a connection to god and that's that's why it uh what is done in secret matters what what are you doing uh, when no one's looking? What are you doing when no one's watching? What does your heart say? What is what is going on in your, your mind, your spirit, your soul? What is 
what is in the innermost parts of you? You know, what do you desire? What do you want to do? Do you really want to be connected to God? And if so, you can. You can. Right now you can. Right now you can you can connect, you can pray, you can read, you can seek his face while while it's still available, you know. And uh, you can connect with God. You can fellowship with God. I think I'm going to end the podcast here. Um, you know, sometimes when I'm doing messages and speaking, sometimes, you know, it's 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 a re- revelation for me too as I'm saying it, you know. As, a, as I'm getting information, as I'm looking into things, it's, it's aha moments for me too, you know. And so it it is you know it's interesting it kind of it honestly puts my my own mind in perspective that I need to pursue more more connecting with God that I need to pursue more um, relationship with God and uh, so I'm going to end the podcast and I'm going to pray for you guys and myself as as we always do when I end it pray with me if you don't mind dear heavenly Father Lord thank you for this day Lord thank you for your connection to us lord thank you lord that you care about us enough to reach out for us lord that you just desire to walk with us in the garden you desire to walk with us through our day through our life in our in our jobs and in our um in our with our children with our marriages lord lord that you desire to be with us lord uh through all our situations through all our problems and our hardships lord and through our good times and our bad times lord you just want to be there with us and connect with us lord you desire for us to reach out lord help us lord to see that lord help the listeners see that that they just need to reach for you lord that you're wanting to your hand is open and willing to receive them that that your your desire is like the the prodigal son who ran back to the father your arms are open and you're willing for them to come if they would just come to you and spend time with you and commune with you lord help us lord help us lord to be that way help us to desire increase our desire for seeking after you lord increase our desire for loving you and wanting to spend time with you lord increase our desire for prayer increase our desire for reading your word increase our desire for your holy spirit and just spending time in your presence lord increase our desire to worship lord increase our desire to spend time lord uh, just connecting to you just sitting in your presence lord lord help us lord Help us, Lord, realize what it's all about. It's all about just being with you. It's all about hearing from you. It's all about being uh, loved by you and being and being able to love you back, Lord, to just fellowship and connect, Lord. Help us, Lord. If there be anything trying to stop us, Lord, any other voices, any type of spirit, anything that's not of you, Lord, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that it be ceased, Lord, that it stop, Lord, but, Lord, that we can hear you clearly, that we can seek you clearly, that we can hear your voice, Lord, that we're able to fellowship with you without issue, Lord. Lord, that our hearts will be inclined to you, Lord. Our desires will be to see your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord. Lord, help the listeners, Lord. Help us all, Lord. Help us, Lord, to connect to you better. Lord, thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. Keep working in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. And God bless you.